You are Locked On Pokes, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. It is our weekly Locked On Big 12 roundtable. I am Josh Neighbors, the host of Locked On Big 12. To my right, it is Jake Hatch, the host of Locked On Cougars. To his right, it is Linda Godfrey, the host of Locked On Pokes. Below her, it is Stephen Simcox, the host of Locked On Horn Frogs. And then to his left, below myself and Jake, it is John Williams, the host of Locked On Sooners. We've got a Caleb Williams commitment to talk about, but first, this different intro video. Out of all the schools, it's going to be USC. Clearly number one. They're phenomenal. I don't think there's any doubt. It's their success at the collegiate level. When you have as many players as they have coming into the NFL at all positions, I don't think there's any way to really combat it. They said we're going to be living like this for the rest of our lives. I grew up not too far from here. And uh, I've been a long time fan of this game. I used to play quarterback years ago. I used to throw TD passes. I burned the ass. But Snoop Dogg is on the field. Pecking the club. I hope you guys are fired up. I know I am. I took a crap this morning. It was Cardinal and Gold. Right, that, is a, that, is, that is a commitment video of one Kill Williams. Uh, he commits to USC. Before we get to it, I just want to talk about a couple of things here. Um, I, I did not like the video. I thought it was a really bad video for a few reasons. Number one, um, he didn't get off the plane. It was just a plane on the runway. Like, he didn't get off of it. That could have been any plane. It could have been anybody on it. It could have been, you know, some CEO. Didn't like that first. Also, number two. Everything he showed from USC there, from the Snoop Dogg, from the Will Ferrell, on the highlights, it was all old USC. I get the idea is trying to reclaim some of that, but uh, I'm not sure he understands that it's going to take a little bit of an undertaking to get there. So I think Caleb, this is my take on this, and John, I'll, I'll get to you because you have a different angle on this, but my first take on this is that I'm not sure Caleb fully understands the foundation laying that he's going to be have has he's going to have to be doing because it's not a they've got a great transfer portal class don't get me wrong it's not a complete roster by any means so if they're going to reach that old USC he's going to be a guy that's actually laying the foundation and maybe not reaping as many of the rewards as some of the guys down the line I actually think there's some nobility to, to uh, laying the foundation but how are you feeling John number one I mean that's one way to look at it the other way to look at it is if the guy really wanted to be the number one draft pick in the 2024 nfl draft he didn't really set himself up in a good situation yes he's got his offensive coordinator play caller lincoln riley the head coach that recruited him but is the talent going to be there to bolster his draft stock enough to where he's going to be the number one overall pick in 2024 arguably he had a more talented team working with him in 2021 with oklahoma and we saw how the wheels came off against Iowa State, Baylor, and Oklahoma State. So, I mean, if it if it is about being the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, honestly, you probably would have been more like better served going to Wisconsin or LSU or Georgia, somewhere like that. That would have had much better talent to set you up. 
I agree with you. The video to me, like, and I'm a West Coast, like I grew up on the West Coast, age two to 14, love Snoop Dogg, love Dr. Dre, but also like they didn't go to school there. Yes, they're fans of the school, but like if you're going to put somebody in your highlight video and also, yes, Reggie Bush was great 15 years ago. Like, we, let's get something recent. Oh, wait, there is no recent history of success. Also, they're there. not showing up at five and seven. Like, Snoop Dogg's not like, hey, let's go see six and six USC play this week. Right. And listen, I, the kid is making the decision that he feels is in the best interest of his professional career down the, down the road. Totally get it. Lincoln Riley is the coach that recruited him. He's the guy that he committed to, even at Oklahoma. So this isn't even sour grapes, but some of the reasoning doesn't necessarily make sense. He's gone. It was always going to be USC, it seemed like, even though Wisconsin and LSU kind of jumped in, like on the rumor mill at least. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, go play with Mario Williams. Go play with Latrell McCutcheon. You know, your guys from Oklahoma who were pretty good. And, I mean, at least Mario Williams was really good. Latrell McCutcheon, I got a picture over at Sooner's Wire that I've, I've really wanted to use on a Latrell McCutcheon piece of him like upside down on his head after Xavier Worthy catches a touchdown pass in the Red River Showdown, but I'm trying not to be very petty with it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this was, this was kind of always where it was headed. I just don't get some of the West Coast Fox Sports grandstanding that this is automatically a top 10 team in 2022 or how quickly they're going to be in the college football playoff. Like, yes, Dave Aranda turned around a two-win Baylor team to win the Big 12, but I don't necessarily see that being the case for Lincoln Riley and USC in the Pac-12. Steven, you like the memes. Uh, you like the internets. Uh, what was your thought on the video? And and finally, kind of the, like as as John said, the, the decision that we kind of always knew was coming. I'm a big fan of the internet, so that's a true statement. Uh, yeah, I mean, the video did kind of have like a vibe of it looked like Reggie Bush Superfan254 like posted it on YouTube <laughs> after he found out Caleb Williams was coming to town. Um, so it was a little choppy. It was a little weird, but that's what, that's my, that's on my end, to be honest. The, cho- the choppiness was a Josh choppy- neighbor's problem. Yeah, I feel like to be fair, like I think we, a bunch of media nerds are talking right now. So I'm not sure like everybody's sitting at home watching that. Like, man, the editing was a little rough on that. one. Caleb. <laughs> like, it wasn't, it wasn't the smooth, wasn't the smoothest transitions going back and forth. Uh, but I mean, here's what I'll say as far as uh, whatever Caleb Williams says about his decision. Like, if it's about being picked number one in the 2024 draft, good for you. I don't really know. Like, that's so far in the future in a lot of ways, and that's so many media cycles from now. Like, I don't think there's any decision he would have made that would have solidified that in the present. Um, I understand the familiarity of Lincoln Riley. I think he probably enjoyed going through the recruiting process again, being courted a little bit, getting pitched some different ideas, seeing what everybody had to offer. Ultimately, he ends up there. Uh, I think there's a path for him in the Pac-12 to dominate, and he's taking a risk. But at the same time, like, yeah, Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart, Carson Palmer, Lindell White, those guys, Mike Williams, like they were the face of college football back in the day. I mean, that was a program that when they were rolling, I mean, everybody was talking about USC. They looked like one of the great dynasties, you know, before Vin Chung in Texas ultimately kind of toppled them, and then Pete Carroll left, and we all know what happened from there. So if it works – like if you're good and you can build talent around you, then it's a really good bet to make on yourself because you're going to get a lot of attention. Obviously, uh, I'm sure there's good compensation coming your way and an ability to win a lot of games. Um, I think it makes sense. I don't know if it's like a slam dunk. I'm not ready to say that they turn things around there eventually and they're automatically like ten and two. But yeah, if you're talking about two years of Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley or three years of those two, 
I think that's a, a team that's set up to have success because Utah is really good. They're physical. You know, Oregon is shown that they have staying power. But like once you get past that, Washington's kind of falling off a cliff. Like UCLA, Cal, they seem to have some big time issues. The Arizona schools aren't much of a factor. I mean, there's there's a path for them to be immediately relevant in that conference. Yeah, I was going to ask Jake now about this next because your familiarity with the Pac-12. Are they the favorite to win the Pac-12 South, despite the fact what Utah is bringing back? Uh, I think there will be people that will be, I guess, persuaded to vote for them as the favorite. I would not vote them the favorite. I think Utah is going to run the Pac-12 South until Lincoln Riley gets things going. I put this out on Twitter earlier today. The talent and the skill positions that Lincoln Riley's bring into USC is otherworldly, but that's what they had under Clay Helton. The issue is in the trenches. Can they hold up up front? I haven't seen that answer come by way of the transfer portal yet. We'll see. If, if they prove out that they actually have that talent in the trenches, they could win the Pac-12 South. They have that talent. But until I see that part of the puzzle solved, I think it's going to be a longer-term rebuild than most might imagine. It's interesting because, you know, you mentioned up front, like, this is actually a problem that Lincoln Riley is pretty familiar with. John, you know this very well. That has been the problem at Oklahoma, too. It's not as much in the – well, in the Big 12 this year, it was a bit more of a problem as, as the defenses have definitely become amazing. Uh, you hear that national media? So the, also, this is one thing that's bugged me, guys. The, the, whenever like a, a high-scoring NFL game breaks out, everybody's like, oh, looks like the Big 12 over here. It's like – I guess you haven't watched a Big 12 game you know, since Vietnam because this is not the way we play football anymore at this point. Anyway, I, I digress in this. That's the same problem he had before. Um, that is, that's really the same issue that he had before. John, do you yeah, want to yeah, hundred percent agree. You know, like that was the issue that they, they ran into a little bit this year is that the offensive line was a little bit inconsistent and the guy that is, was supposedly the one that built some of the great offensive lines early in his tenure at Oklahoma, he was supposedly taking with him when the news broke on that Sunday, you know, back in at the end of November. Um, but Bill Bittenbow stayed in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy that he had picked to come and recruit his defensive ends and his outside linebackers in Jamar Kane. He ended up going to USC and then actually going to LSU. So, I mean, he's, he's got a lot of work to do on the defensive and the offensive line that to, to get himself at a point where he can compete even with a Dan landing up in Georgia. Like we know what Georgia is capable of, or not Georgia up at Oregon. We know what Dan is capable of building at Georgia with his defensive fronts. I don't know if Lincoln Riley is ready to handle that with some of uh, some of the things that he's going to try to do. He's going to be able to recruit offensive players. There's no doubt about that. And he's going to be able to put together some really good offensive performances. Is it going to be consistent enough? Because we saw like Spencer Rattler came into this last year as the Heisman favorite. Oklahoma came in as a college football playoff favorite, but it didn't hold up. So as, and, and I was one of those people that bought into everything as well. And there was just too much inconsistency throughout the season where they just weren't able to adjust to what big 12 defenses were doing to Lincoln Riley's offense. And Utah's got a great defense. Oregon's got it is going to be able to build a great defense under Dan Lanning. So are they going to be able to overcome those two schools to win the pac 12 and then get to the college football playoff? I think it's going to take some time to get there. I mean, I Lincoln Riley is a good coach. I don't want to sit here and, and not, not say that he's not a good coach because he is one of the best coaches in college football, but will he be able to build his fronts? like he needs to in order to compete on a national stage. Yeah, that's a question. I mean, Lindo, I want to ask you, like, we all kind of lived through that. That It was surreal to see the, the, you know, kind of looking back and seeing what a 
um, experience that USC team was in the 2000s, Pete Carroll and obviously Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush, and the, the numerous other guys that they had there on that team and all the stars they attracted. And I think seeing that video is like, all right, is Caleb Williams the link between USC losing to Oregon State? I think for the first time at home in like 40, I think it was like 40 years, they lost to – maybe actually been the first time ever that, that Oregon State had won a game uh, at the Coliseum. Like, is he the link that makes all of a sudden Snoop Dogg's back in town and Will Ferrell's making jokes as Ricky Bobby talking about taking shits and all that kind of stuff? Like, is he that link or is, you know, is it, or is it a bridge too far, you think? Oh, I don't know. Here's my thing about Lincoln Riley. I know he was a good coach for Oklahoma, but he was gift wrapped the legacy that Oklahoma football has. And it was immediate. You know what I mean? They were currently performing really well. He got gift wrapped several quarterbacks that he didn't have to develop that were already developed and did well with them. So it was easy to get people to come play for him. Starting at a school that hasn't been super relevant for several years and having to build up a program like that is no small task. And maybe he's real charming at the recruits house and he gets it done. But he feels like I, I feel like it's a really uh, hard mountain to climb for Lincoln Riley, in my opinion. I'm, I'm with you on this. Yeah, at least in the media. I, I think he's going to get there eventually, but I think in the media, it's, it's a little bit it's a little more difficult. Uh, anybody else in this before we move on? Yeah, I mean, I, are we like, are we being prisoners of the moment here? I feel like we're talking about OU like they fell off a cliff. Like, I know they didn't win the Big 12 this year, but they were also like one or two plays away on the road from winning in Bedlam and playing in the Big 12 title game. Like, I understand that Lincoln Riley – yeah, but there are deficiencies, but but they didn't answer the questions that they told us they were going to answer, right? Like we heard about all these guys, like you know Jalen Redman and Isaiah Thomas and Perrion Winfrey. Like last couple of years, we heard about all these dudes they had up front, and that never. And this year also, the offensive line. This is this is the worst offensive line Oklahoma's had in a long time. So like, sure. but Josh, what are we talking about? Are we talking about Lincoln Riley building a powerhouse that's going to compete with like Bama, Clemson? LSU, like those kind of schools, or are we talking about building something that can win the Pac-12? Because my point is just like, even with those deficiencies, they were still close to winning what I think is a really good conference in the Big 12. Yeah. And I feel like he could get that thing turned around pretty quickly. All due respect to Utah and Oregon and the teams there on the West Coast. I, I think there's a real possibility he kind of just ends up like where he was before, right? Like I wouldn't be surprised if we see USC in a college ball playoff in the next five years. And just like every other team – that runs up against the LSUs, the Alabamas, the Georgias, uh, the Clemsons when they're humming, like they get rolled, right? Because they have deficiencies. But like that's, I mean, you know, there's a bunch of coaches who are really good that haven't been able to close that gap. I just think the thing is for him is like we thought he would be able to. All right, we have to hear a word from our sponsors. Well, so we're up against the clock, the Locked on Wizards people to record after us. Um, and also I want to watch the second half of this Texas Tech Texas game that's going on while we're recording. Today's show is brought to you all by Built Bar. Go to Built.com today. It's Built.com. Check out the line of Built Bars they've got right now. It is the new year and make Built Bar a part of your new year's resolution. John, do you have yours with you? Are there, uh, do you hold it up? I can't tell if you're holding it up. No, I'm out. I need to, uh, I need to make a new order. At Built.com. Bar. Send at, us. Yeah, Built.com. Promo code LOCKED. Get your 15% off over there. Yes, promo code is L-O-C-K-E-D. One five. I still, is it just locked now? Or just is locked. It, just lot well, they got to change the ad copy. It is incorrect. 
right here on the Or am end. I incorrect? Maybe I'm incorrect. <laughs> lock, try both. Lock 15 or lock. One of them will work. One of them will get you a 15% discount upon your first order. All right. I actually have one more video to play for you all. This is one Lane Kiffin talking okay. about signing day, which is our other topic. We don't have the same, you know, funding resources as as some of these schools do, you know, to for these NIL deals. And so it's basically like dealing with different salary caps. We now have a sport that has completely different salary caps, and some of these schools are, you know, whatever, five, ten times more than everybody else of what they can pay the players. So I know nobody uses those phrases, but that is what it is. So I joked the other day, I didn't know if Texas A&M was going to occur a luxury tax, you know, and um, how much they paid for their signing class. <laughs> Wry little smile there at the end of that. Uh Jake, the part that stood out to me the most was when he said, we now have a sport. Wasn't yeah. this, isn't this always how it's been before? Uh, yeah, it's always been this way, but th- th- what he's referring to is now the fact that it's above board and it's technically legal. Like that, that I think that's what he's referring to. And right. Lane, Lane Kiffin, what a master level troll he has become. <laughs> yes. the, the Portal King deal and then saying, oh, oh, by the way, um, Lincoln Riley, he can have that now that he got Caleb Williams. It's just, he is so good on social media, in the media. The dude has just mastered being relevant at all times on the internet, and my hat goes off to him. Uh, Linda, you're now. So we see Jackson. Uh, this is really interesting. We see Jackson Dart uh, goes to Ole Miss this week. So somebody commented on one of my videos about this, and it said, "Oh, Lane Kiffin just put his name out there for those jobs because he wanted the pay raise." Bullshit. I, I call complete BS on that. You're not throwing your name out there for Miami and for Oregon if you want a pay raise. That is not how this – like, like I mean, those two are semi-desirable jobs. Like, you, he clearly, clearly has and, – and also, he's always trolling for some things. But those didn't feel like trolls. Those felt like legit, you know, asks. So, um, just thinking about Lane Kiffin right now, like, if you're Jackson Dart – you know, are you a little concerned that your coach might not be there for the long haul? Because he's all over the place. I feel like eventually also Lane's going to end up in the NFL again. I feel like that's naturally some, this is how this is going to go. Yeah, he has a punchable face. I'm just going to say it. The <laughs> smirk at the end of that, just, I'm like, man. Okay, so in terms of like how much slack we get or like coaches, we never talk about them abandoning their recruits. We talk about the players and all the decisions they're making at the age of 18 but like today, Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator that mm-hmm. took the job in Maryland on what, like Friday last week. And now he's taking a different job at Miami several days later after getting started for three days. And like nobody's talking about it. We're saying that the NIL deals and the transfer portals are ruining college football. But the coaches can do whatever they want, whenever they want at anybody's dispense. It doesn't matter. They're putting themselves first. So then, yeah, absolutely. If if you're Dart, you have to be at least cognizant and aware of what might happen with your coach. A coach like Lane Kiffin that just like flies by the seat of his pants like that in conferences, like in press conferences and stuff stresses me out. You never know what he's going to say or like what might come out of his mouth. And could you imagine being their PR person? Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, for for I want to ask you about this, John, about the the Jackson Dart kind of angles. This 
Um, I think it's good for OU that they didn't get him. I know you want to stockpile talent, but I actually think it's good that it just they have pretty clear direction on offense about who's leading the team. Yeah, it seemed like a weird fit to me as well. Like I thought, yeah, it would be cool if we landed him, but it seemed like Dylan Gabriel coming was going to be the de facto starter for 2022. And, and then who knows what was going to happen after that. But you bring Jackson Dart in, even if he does sit a year behind Dylan Gabriel, then you got a competition with your four-star quarterback and Nick Evers out of Texas. And then you got 2023, the top quarterback out of Texas, Jackson Arnold coming in, also a four-star guy. It just creates a really interesting dynamic. Now, it's not to say that competition is a bad thing. Competition allows the cream to rise to the top. But yeah, it just feel it felt like a weird fit to me. I, I think Ole Miss with him, uh, you know, and Michael Trigg going there, I think it's a really good fit both ways. Yes, you do have to be concerned about Lane Kiffin a little bit more than you have to be concerned about any college coach at this point. You know, like aside from the guys that just got hired as head coaches, like any coach could leave at any time for anywhere. I mean, Auburn's offensive coordinator just bailed on his job when he just got hired. Well, so like, well, it seems like it seems like Brian Harson is impossible to work for. That might be the problem there, well, but I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Brent Venables didn't take the Auburn job because he didn't like the – what was the word he used? The oh, I can't remember the exact word he used on it, but it was basically the organizational structure and the mm-hmm. fit. And so he that's why he didn't take that job whenever he was presented with it a few years back. Um, and so, yeah, Jackson Dart going to Ole Miss I think is a really good fit. I think just kind of personality-wise it seems to fit. Like the whole hotty toddy thing is kind of – I don't know his vibe just kind of seems to mesh well with Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss kind of stat status as well. And I think they're going to be able to put some good offenses on the field. I, I, you know, it's going to be a tough competition in the SEC, but I mean, good for him for not shying away from that and, and taking on the challenge. Will Diesel Dart follow? That's the big question. What a name. Um, Steven, uh, second question to you about the memes or wherever else you want to go with the, the Lane Kiffin, his comments, the Jackson Dart thing. Uh, just your, you know, your general thoughts on Kevin as a whole, or if you want to make a comment about uh, signing day tomorrow, uh, you may do that as well. I think two things are happening here. One is this is a get me the heck out of Oxford, Mississippi sign, right? Like this is him saying, this is a harder job than you guys understand. I want to go. I don't know if maybe the town's too small and maybe the ladies in the bars kind of know Lane Kiffin a little too well and he can't get around like he used to. Whatever the reason is, he wants out of there. Uh, I feel like this is also, hey, if I'm going to stay, boosters step up. And we've seen coaches do this lately, like either subtly or not so subtly, give this message of, hey, you don't understand what it's like out here. It's the Wild West. Like you think, you think you're doing enough. You're not doing enough. You feel like you have these $100 handshakes down. You're not doing what, you know, school X or school Y is doing down the road. You have to commit. And, uh, yeah, I think that's what this is from Lane. I mean, Old Miss seems to be doing all right. They've hit the transfer portal hard. I'm sure they have plenty of people that are eager to help. But Texas A&M has all the oil money, and I guess they're uh, they're getting some guys that Old Miss can't compete with. So I feel like this is a message to the people there that, hey, we need to step up and, and get this done. Sounds like it might be a big day for them tomorrow. Uh, today's show is brought to you all by Bet Online. It's now Bet Online or BetOnline.net is where you guys – you can find them. It's the best place to bet on the Super Bowl, which is coming up. They also have basketball, football, and college football and futures as well, things like that. Baseball, hockey, soccer, UFC, boxing, Vegas casino games, 
all of those things. If you guys want to watch the John Williams versus Lincoln Riley boxing match and bet on it, I'm sure betonline.ag, uh, betonline, betonline.net will have some odds for you there. The exclusive uh, gambling partner of uh, Locked On, Locked On Network. So make sure you guys check it out today, betonline.net. All right, everybody, plug your various works in their variety and all their beauty. Jake, you're up first. Yeah, I cover all things BYU. Just search out Locked On Cougars wherever you get your podcasts. Also available on the social media platforms. Search out Locked On Cougars. If you want my thoughts on all things sports, I was crowing about Tom Brady. It's crowing about the whole Jackson Dart situation. Got all that. You can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. Linda. I just want to say that last week I called these two teams going to the Super Bowl and all four of you disagreed with me. So just wanted to touch on that real quick. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lindellians. The show is. Oh, well, whenever, whatever week that was, I was right and you guys were wrong. And uh, you can find the show <laughs> at uh, Locked On Pokes on all your uh, podcast apps. John. Yeah, Locked On Sooners on Twitter and Locked On Sooners podcast on Facebook. Subscribe to the show on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, free and available. You can also read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners at the Sooners Wire at usatoday.com. Steven. I'm Matt Simcox. Steven's show is at Lockdown TCU on Twitter. Name of the show is Lockdown Horn Frog. Signing day tomorrow. Got a commitment from four-star wide receiver DJ Allen this afternoon from Gladewater. Also got a transfer portal defensive lineman for UConn. That's where you want all your transfer portal talent from is the University of UConn. Steal from Jim Mora, baby. <laughs> Poor Jim Mora. You guys can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show at LO Big 12. You can find Lockdown Big 12 wherever you guys get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, everybody. See you all next week.